All right, you guys are probably going to notice that Ryan is really quiet on this episode because he has laryngitis. And by laryngitis, I mean he's not fucking here. So it's been really kind of difficult. We've been trying to schedule these, and we schedule, and then we cancel. Like, I just get this text message like 10 minutes before we're going to start that just says, shit, dude, I'm sorry, twins. And it's like, I get it, I get it. We also, out where I live, there's this big fucking fire, and my my house got put in like a level one evac thing, which is like, I was not risk, at really at risk of burning down, but like, there's a lot of fucking smoke, and the smoke was like drifting in everywhere, and it really... You know, I was fucking with the animals, and I was waking up with, like, bloody noses and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, my, my throat feels all fucked up. I don't really want to record a podcast because I sound like the Godfather. Um, so, yeah, so it's just been a fucking shit show. And then getting to the point now where it's almost a month in between episodes, it's like, I got to put something out. So uh, we're going to do the, the, the solo episode here for you guys. So, uh, yeah, hope you enjoy or something. Intro music. All right, so uh, we have a really full mailbag. I really want to get to the mailbag when Ryan's back, but all sorts of uh, things. We have somebody that really wants me to explain the the Snyder Cut uh, to Ryan and talk about the Flash and having a hot dog in his pocket and stuff like that, because apparently it's it's funny when I talk about comic book things and Ryan just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> so we'll do that on a future episode. Um, a lot of our recent email is uh, really about the student loan forgiveness thing and how that affects uh, dentists and dental students and whatnot. And the thing that you got to realize is that any movement in the direction of like regulating student loans or forgiving student loans or any of that bullshit is ultimately uh, is, is a good thing because kind of what, what universities and especially like higher ed is doing right now is like, you can call it predatory because the, uh, the government has basically said like, hey, you can charge whatever the fuck you want. And when people go for loans, we'll fucking give them that money. And make them pay it back later or forgive it after x number of years etc so it's uh, the universities can charge whatever the fuck they want and the students have no choice to, but but to pay it and if you look at like you know inflation rates and like how much like a house or anything else has gone up in the last 30 years and how much fucking student loans of or student loans cost of higher education has gone up it's astronomically different and it, it's pretty fucked up so there's there's that this uh $10,000 forgiveness thing is not gonna really really help you as a dentist uh that much um for a couple reasons one you're probably not gonna qualify for it because you make too much money so good for you you make a lot of money you know uh the other part of it is the 10k probably wouldn't help you that much average dental student i think graduates with like three hundred sixty thousand dollars in debt right now um so if they're like hey we're gonna fucking forgive 10 percent of your principal you would accrue that interest back over the period. I mean, it's going to make your your payments like a couple months uh, different over probably the course of your loan. So it's not a lot. It's just too little um, when we're talking about graduate loans. Um, the thing that is good is if you're doing an income-based uh, repayment, an IBR, like it goes from a, a 10% to a 5%. So it makes your payments lower. It also gets you into a zone of forgiveness faster I think it's like 10 years or just 20 years or something. I'm not 100% sure on that. You can fucking use the internet and look it up your damn self. 
but yeah, it, it's ultimately, it's, it's a good thing. Um, it's just not going to be something that's really going to help you as a, a dentist that already has student loans. And if you're in school right now, like, don't even fucking worry about it because I guarantee it'll change uh, by the time you get out of school. So you you wouldn't get the 10K now. Maybe you'll get something different later. Um, what we would really hope for is that we get some kind of government regulation on basically capping uh, what universities can increase or what um, basically if they cap what lenders would be willing to lend and somehow or the interest rate or whatnot, it prevents the universities from just charging whatever the fuck they want. So there, there's that. Uh, anytime I talk about student loans and, and shit, I always like to to throw out that if you're in New York, fucking there, they're like, hey, let's make the medical school fucking tuition free. And at the same time, let's raise the dental tuition up a whole bunch. So yeah, anyway, ain't that some bullshit. So that's the, the big thing in the mailbag. There's also a lot of stuff on, I guess uh, we pique some people's interests on uh, reviews. And I get, I get some stuff that's like, hey, how do I respond to this review? Uh, don't. That's the, the short answer. Just fucking anything that someone reviews your office, no matter what it is, just fucking smile, nod, eat it. Don't respond to that. There's nothing good that can ever come of it. But I will do a deep dive into reviews. We've got some good information on that. So look for that on an upcoming episode. I do want to give you guys just a, a little bit of Reddit stuff. And apparently the other thing that you guys love is, is when uh, we just bitch about dentistry and patients and whatnot. So we're coming back from Labor Day weekend. Um, I ended up seeing uh, a patient for uh, another doctor that was out in a, in a practice uh, down the road a bit. They came over to do lower extractions, delivery of a, a lower immediate denture. Um, they had fucking tori that they suggested removing, but the patient didn't go for. They suggested implants, the patient didn't go for that. So they came over, I shucked their teeth, uh, denture didn't fit very well because it's an immediate and they have tori, you know. So we, we got it delivered the best, best we could. And then anytime I do surgery, and I've said this before, I kind of ask the patient, like, hey, what do you, what works for you for pain medicine? So they're like, uh, you know, like I've had Percocet before and that worked good. Cool. We'll give you a couple days of that. I feel like if I take out like half a mouth worth of teeth, you can have like 10, 12 Percocets and that. That's fine, especially on, on a Friday coming into Labor Day weekend because uh, I'm not a big fan of phone calls. So we we do that and I start getting um, pages from this patient a couple days later asking for a refill on meds. And there's all sorts of things that I consider red flags. One of the biggest ones when it comes to uh, pain prescriptions is if they don't take them as they're prescribed, really any medication that they don't take as prescribed is a red flag to me. Like I've had someone come in earlier and they're like, oh, I think I have this infection in my gums. I need you to uh, prescribe me Augmentin because that's what I've been taking. I'm like, okay, where'd you get the fucking Augmentin? And they're like, oh, well, someone prescribed it to me last year and I had some leftover. I was like, whoa, 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 slow the fuck down. You don't have leftover antibiotic. Like, that's not a thing. When you get a course of antibiotic, you got to take it through to completion. That's number one. So I'll get on patients about that because I don't want to turn patients into fucking a Petri dish where we, we grow the next super virus because we give them every type of antibiotic and slowly their fucking bacteria builds resistance to that. 
because um, I don't know if you know this, the scary thing in the world is no one is researching antibiotics because there's no fucking money in it. So it's basically when we have things that are resistant to like vancomycin, which is like our last fucking defense, we just hope that the infection goes away or the person dies because if uh, vancomycin resistant strains of bacteria starting to become common, that's, you know, probably how we all just end up, you know, dying. So yeah, uh, scary thought. Anyway, so uh, I got pages from this patient faster than if they took the the pain med as I prescribed it, like they should still have some. So, you know, that that gives me cause to look them up in the, uh, the old uh, physician drug monitoring program. And I see that they're on uh, subloxone, which is uh, basically something that you, you you might be prescribed if you're opioid dependent. There's, uh, you know, some other reasons that you could be on it, but that's the, the most common. So she had her follow up in the other office and they didn't prescribe her pain meds. So she called back to us to try to get more pain meds. And usually what I do is I say, hey, I'm going to contact uh, your doctor. We just, you know, it's kind of uh, something something we, that we do for that. And nine times out of 10, the patient says, no, that's OK. I'll just take fucking Tylenol or whatever. But they said, okay, and they came over and they signed the form and we sent it off to their doctor. And um, I was like, hey, patient has this in their med history, they take this. Um, I gave, you know, small order of, of Percocet at surgery date. Uh, they're reporting post-op pain um, with like opioid pain med. Uh, how would you like me to proceed? So the, the physician wrote back and was like, yeah, if you wanna do like, a uh, couple days of something really mild, like a tramadol, I'm on board for that. I'm like, cool, we can do that. So see the patient, adjust the denture, fit like fucking immediate with Tori, right? So it needed some some adjustment, got it to where it was okay. And I was like, yeah, and you know, we talked to your doctor and they said that, you know, if we want to do a little bit more pain med, uh, we put you in for an order of tramadol. So we go ahead and do, do that for you. And she's like, well, I can't take ibuprofen. I'm like, cool, uh, this is tramadol, it's not ibuprofen. Uh, it's a, it's an opioid pain medication. It's just a little, little bit less strong than say your Percocet or Vicodin or whatever. And she's like, well, no, that's just ibuprofen. I can't take ibuprofen because it upsets my stomach. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's not fucking ibuprofen. Uh, she's like, well, I did my own research and it's just like ibuprofen. And I was like, no, it's not just like ibuprofen. Ibuprofen's a fucking NSAID. This is a, a opioid pain medication. So a partial agonist that works on your immune receptors. Um, but she's like, no, I'm not, I, I can't take that because it uh, because of my, my stomach. I need something different. And it's like, well, any fucking pain medication can have stomach side effects. I mean, the biggest one is like constipation, but you know, nausea is common. Some people, diarrhea is common, you know, d different things because it, uh, it, it affects your, you know, your gastric emptying and, and all that bullshit. Right. And, and she's like, yeah, well, no, I can't take ibuprofen. She just keeps saying, I can't take ibuprofen. So I'm like, all right, well, I won't prescribe it to you. Take fucking Tylenol. But it's just really fucking bizarre. It's like, here, I will give you the opioids that you request. I am Paul, God of fucking morphine. And they're like, no, I'm not taking it because it's ibuprofen. It's just like, I don't, I don't know how to, how to fucking deal. So that's uh that was an interesting story from today. And if we hop on the Reddit, we will do an ask Dennis question. 
I found this one kind of interesting because it says, is a CBCT scan necessarily uh, necessary for horizontally impacted wisdom teeth? Me, 25-year-old female, have all four impacted wisdom teeth. Bottom two are horizontal and close to the nerves, and upper two are close going into my sinuses. But I've gone to three consults, and none of them mentioned CBCT scans. When I asked about CBCT, they said it wouldn't help with the procedure. It would only be for my own risk assessment. Is this normal, or should I insist on a CBCT? Uh, number one, stop going to three consults. Just go to the oral surgeon. The oral surgeon takes out your fucking wisdom teeth. I'm sure they do fine. Like that's bread and butter OS stuff. I do a lot of wisdom teeth. I do some horizontally impacted ones. Like generally if they're far away from the nerve and you got a big old mouth and a small old tongue and I can, I can get back there. They can be kind of fun. When I do any kind of wisdom tooth that looks like it might be deflecting the nerve. So like when I look at the, the pano and it looks like, hmm, you know, if it's just overlapped there, but the, I can kind of see the canal and it doesn't look like it's deviating. It's usually not a big deal, but if it looks like the, the canal is moving away from the tooth or, or something, it's like, yeah, that's why I have a fucking CBCT. Let's take a look at this and, and see. I'd say nine times out of 10, uh, the, the canal is, you know, not uh, coincident with uh, the tooth. And if it is, I fucking refer that because uh, not, not for me. And that would be a case where you'd probably do an intentional coronectomy anyway. Um, but my, my oral surgeon, like, and he, he's old school. He's been doing oral surgery for like 35 years. You know, he does not feel like he needs a CBCT on wisdom teeth ever. So I don't take it for him. But for me personally, if it, if it's going to give me some, uh, you know, clarity and I feel, feel good about it, I'll, I'll take it. CBCT is more common now than it was 35 years ago. So that's, that's probably a big part of it. I've had more, you know, training just in my dental upbringing on CBCT. So I, I like to take it if I feel like there's any question, but I don't think it would be uncommon and it wouldn't set off any, uh, you know, red flags for me if I, I went to an OS and they're like, yeah, you got some fucking impacted wisdom teeth. Like I had a wisdom tooth. Uh, my 17 was like coming in upside down, upside down. I was like trying to grow out the fucking bottom of my jaw or some shit. And our, my oral surgeon just, you know, did it off the, off the pano because uh, he'd been doing it for a hundred years and, you know, he took it out. It never grew back. So I think he did a pretty good job. All right. And then this one is from uh, the dental school Reddit. And it says, how do you deal with rude patients? And it says, I have two patients that act like I am their servant and the world revolves around them. They don't respect the fact that I have other patients and it's hard to get appointments right away. They don't want to pay a lot of money but get mad with the options that I present that are in their budget. One of them just left me a voice message saying she's very upset with me because of availability, but this is quite literally out of my control. I, can just ne I can't just neglect my other patients because she's impatient. Have you ever been in this situation? If so, how do you handle patients like this? This is a dental school problem because uh, when you're in private practice, you just tell those people to fuck right off. And if it feels really good, um, one of the most powerful phrases that you will have in your vocabulary one day is, I don't think our office is the right fit for you, which is dentist speak for fuck on out of here. So look forward to that. But when you're in dental school, this is something you have to deal with. I remember uh, <clears throat> my, my buddy, Michael Faber and I, we had uh, kind of our goal in life when we had admitting rotations at the dental school was to make it so people would not become patients of the dental school. Like that's how we would present it to them. It's like, okay, let me tell you everything that's horrible about the dental school. 
the appointments are three hours. Okay. Like, so you got to come here for three hours. It's very slow progressing. You know, we, we're not going to be able to see each other frequently. So getting through a whole uh, treatment plan might, might take over a year. And you know what? I'm going to graduate. When I graduate, someone else is going to come in. They're going to re-treatment plan you and you might get different stuff done. It's like watching paint dry or watching old people fuck. Very slow, very sloppy. That's how it works. You know, as, as far as like availability, you know, there there's you have to be be set uh, to come in for three hours on, on, on these days or whatnot. So if you have like a job and, and steady things, it could be really hard for you to, to make this dental school patient thing work. So we would be very upfront of that. And a lot of people would be like, eh, maybe this isn't isn't the right choice. But if they did become patients of the dental school and they were okay with all that that stuff, it's like now they know. So, you know, it's easy to say like, hey, this is kind of how this works at the at the dental school. You know, I understand you're, you're frustrated, but we are a, a slow moving organism. That's just, just how it works. But we'll take the best care of you that we can. So that's one way to play it. The other thing that you can do, and I have done this in my tenure as a dental student, student is suddenly their case too complex for you to do. I just, you know, I can't this this DO filling, man tricky. I don't know that this is the best thing for me as a student uh, to do. Like uh, I'm, I'm worried about your tooth and I want to make sure it gets, uh, gets taken care of. Well, I'm going to refer you to our dental faculty practice and then you can just uh, move them on to be someone else's problem. Uh, of course, that is luxury because in dental school, you need the patients to complete your fucking CSAs or checkoffs or whatever the fuck it is that you have so that you can graduate and, and get out of school into, into the places where you can tell patients to fuck off. So, you know, hang in there. It sound, sounds like looking at your post history, your D3, you're almost, you're almost there. If you go to UOP, you're like really, really almost there. So just, uh, you know, make it through. It doesn't last forever uh, and you'll be fine. So yeah, that's, that's going to be our podcast uh, for this evening. I, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to, try to put out a, a short little podcast every every couple of weeks. Um, and then when I can record with Ryan, put out a big one. So uh, the next one might have a little bit better formatting because it's might be more thought out than this one. I kind of decided since I was on a board meeting call that uh, I was near my computer and should fucking record something. So, so I did. So that's what you're listening to. And I have been really bad at putting in the show notes, whatever the music is. So I'm going to play something from the Lonely Island. Oh, pop culture. Holy shit. Let's let, let's walk it back. I will play something from the Lonely Island, but I would be remiss to, to not mention that I've been watching fucking the Hot D, House of the Dragon, and the Thorb, the Rings of Power, Thorp, Throp, Throp, something, T-Rop. T row P. Um, and they're both very good. I don't really know which is better. Um, because they're they're so different, but both of those shows are, are fantastic. You should check them out if you want your fantasy itch to be scratched. Uh I also have been watching She-Hulk. It's fucking amazing. Like if if you if you like the Marvel Universe and you've been waiting for a show to kind of poke fun at the Marvel Universe while being part of the Marvel Universe, but like in a smart, kind of fun way. Um, She-Hulk is that show, and it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. So uh, She-Hulk, 
Hot D, T Row P. Check those out, and uh, we'll play I'm So Humble. Later, guys. My apple crumble is by far the most crumbleest, but I act like it tastes bad out of humbleness. The thing about me that's so impressive is how infrequently I mention all of my successes. I poo-poo it when girls say that I should model. My belly's full from all the pride I swallow. I'm the most courteous, biddable, hospitable, reverential, normalary, Arnold Schwarzenegger-ary. I hate compliments. Put them in the mortuary. I'm so ordinary that it's truly quite extraordinary. It's not a competition, but I'm winning. You won't hear me admitting because I'm so timid and submissive. I treat fat people like they were thin. Talks and for the normal definition of a rock star i don't complain when my private jet is subpar your mom's old but i'll ask if she's your sister people say i'm charming but but i beg to differ i feel more humble than dick can be matumbo after a stumble left him covered in a big pot of gumbo i guess in a way being gracious is my weakness people say i'm so unpretentious for a genius <laughs> i've got it all Yep, 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 yep,